Welcome back to Down for the Count, ladies and gentlemen. So on this second part to our episode nine, we are going to continue the discussion of our wrestling recap, and we're going to move right into wrestling news. And we're also going to give you some, just some time to let Wrestle Shade ask us whatever he wants to ask us, whatever he wants to talk about, we're going to talk about in this episode. So hope you guys enjoy. I find it to be very odd that people are so pissed about Nyla Rose and what she did in terms of winning the championship, but they're not mad about Tessa Blanchard being the Impact champion. That championship is a men's division match. She beat Brian Cage and went over clean on Brian Cage. Now, I did see some people complain, but nothing to the magnitude of what Nyla Rose is getting. Never mind the racial stuff that came out afterward, or rather before she got the title. I don't see any backlash at all. I didn't see no problems. I didn't see no problems with China winning the, the um winning what was it, the Intercontinental Championship. I didn't see yeah. no problem with Naya being in the men's match at Royal Rumble. There was no problem with China being in the uh, men's match or Beth Phoenix being involved in it. There was no problem. But y'all are mad about Nyla Rose winning the women's match. Well, their big thing is because Nyla was born a man and she became a woman. I'm aware. (laughs) But people don't seem to understand that and there was someone on Twitter that broke it down that when you are transitioning you have they give you estrogen to help teeter off the testosterone and makes you more feminine like or you know you're like gonna get your period you're not gonna get a period or whatever but you'll start looking more like a woman and people what I've what I've just seen is just people are so hung up on the fact that she used to be male. And now they're making jokes that then, you know, she's going after it, then, you know, fucking who's who's who could be whatever, you know? Well, all right. If we're going by that logic, let's, let's, let's call a spade a spade. Wrestling is scripted. Is it not? True. Yes, it so is. it's not based on your brawn. It's not based on how strong you are up against somebody because that is irrelevant. That is not the point. So that tells me that we got a bunch of idiots watching wrestling. Yes, we do. (laughs) Because this is not like UFC. This isn't UFC. This isn't based off of how you, how strong you are or how your muscles work or what you were born. Cause that does not matter. But even in that sport, a woman could definitely beat a man. That is not impossible. So my thing is she's not taking anything away from anybody because, because the show is already set up. It's already done. It's already scripted out. You already know ahead who's going to win that match. The people in it, the people backstage, the producers, Tony Khan himself, 
that bitch know exactly who gonna win at full gear. He knew who was gonna win, and he knows who's gonna win at Revolution. They're already aware. So to have that argument is retarded as hell. Excuse my French. That's stupid. How can you worry about what her biological stuff is when that is not even a factor in her matches or anything? You want to complain about Nyla being bigger than Rio, and it's all because she's a man. I've seen Awesome Kong and Asha Kong, and they're both bigger than Nyla Rose. Mm -hmm. So is anybody complaining about them being in matches? Or going up against some of the other women when they are three times their size. No one complains. When you look at Impact, when they was in Mexico, Big Mommy was on the fucking rope, on the top rope, flipping off the top rope. Now, as a big bitch myself, I was like, I need to know how she did that shit. Okay? Because <laughs> she flipped off the top rope. Her and Ty Valkyrie had a match, and I'm looking like this woman is too agile for her size, but I don't see nobody complaining about her. And once again, she, she's oh, bigger big Bobby. I don't know how, honestly, and it's not even like, like Fat Chamber. I have no idea how Big Mommy moves. That's what I'm saying. I just need her to tell me what she do. Whatever it is, I'm going to do it so I can do what I need to do. Okay, but I'm just saying, you cannot be that stupid to have the argument that because she was born biologically a man and she transitioned to a woman, that she has one an unfair advantage or she has taken up a spot in the women's division. That is just dumb. Because first of all, there ain't no fucking division in AEW to begin with. True. <laughs> So what's she taking? Because they don't really have any women on TV. This is the most I've seen women on TV in the last year that they've been in existence. They whole fucking roster was backstage when the bitch came from fighting Rio. When she walked backstage, that was everybody. So what you talking about? Y'all was not complaining for the last couple of months when none of these women was on TV. Nobody was saying anything. What y'all do? Y'all blew smoke up a Cody Rose ass. You was treating fucking Kenny Omega like he the king. The young bucks get treated like they the kings. But you didn't have no problem with the women's division. You was loving it. But now you mad because Nyla Rose is champion. What the fuck did you think they was going to do? Make Dr. Britt Baker the champion? God, no. Are you serious? I'll put it this way. If they make Penelope champion, I ain't gonna be mad. If they make Britt Baker champion, I ain't gonna be mad. If they make Nala, they made Nala Rose champion, I'm not mad. It don't have nothing to do. If she could have been a damn monkey in a dress for all I'm concerned. <laughs> that little toy fucking belt that they got is on finally seen on TV and somebody who's gonna be there Monday through Friday or whatever they decide to wrestle, whether it's live shows or TV, will finally be there holding that belt if they don't write them off of TV. What you need to be concerned about is whether you have a budding women's division or not. And number two, whether they can get on TV. 
What you need to be asking AEW was, did you make this black trans woman champion because it's Black History Month? And because the LGBTQ plus community is trying to figure out why the fuck Sonny Kiss can't get on TV but for five minutes. And get squashed. That's what you need to be asking. But you're so worried about whether this woman got a dick or a coochie. And ain't now one of y'all washed y'alls or took care of y'alls. But you're worried about what's in between her legs. If she wants to go do something to make herself feel the way she feels, that is her business. At the end of the day, she is in the business that does not worry about the strength of the competitor, not in terms of the contingency of whether this match will work out. Because we've seen the David versus Goliath style matches. Okay? If you're more concerned with whether she biologically is a woman holding the title, then you need to be just as pissed about Tessa Blanchard being the Impact champion. You need to be questioning Impact about that. And you need to be questioning the style of intergender wrestling. But nobody complains. Everybody's happy until Nyla Rose becomes champion. Y'all all want to come out the woodwork. Leave that woman alone. She wrestling on TV. And at this point, you lucky you got that. Because y'all barely get women on the show at all. And if you do, they all second fiddle people. What is Penelope? She's Kip Saban's sidekick. That little bitch bunny. And that little whatever the fuck they are. I don't know what they are. They look like a dominatrix crew. I don't know what they are. But they, you got that little blonde hair girl with the bunny ears. She's somebody's second hand. Whereas you're looking at in all the other wrestling companies, you got dominant women doing the damn thing. In WWE, they had no choice because the people didn't give them the option. So you know what this speaks to? This speaks to your fans and what they demand of you, which means they only ask you for the bare minimum. And that that that's sad. You should be wanting fans who ask you for the best, who ask you for progressive wrestling, who's not just pandering to the people and selling us fucking wolf tickets every week. That's what you should be asking for. And um, Nicole is correct. That is your champion. She's a champion of your company. How dare you sit back and watch the people who are paying for these tickets destroy and tear down this woman. I don't give a fuck how strong she is. She is somebody who represents you. So you damn sure need to have her back because she's the one out there holding the belt, taking the hits, while you get to sit in the back and drink fucking beers all day. So you dead ass wrong for that. And if Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and anybody else who at the top of that company don't say nothing, all of y'all are some dickless pussies who ain't got no spines and you should be ashamed of yourself. Because that lady don't deserve that. If anything, you need to be thanking her for being willing to take that damn belt off that little, that little girl you had wrestling in the ring for the last year. You need to be thanking her for being there wrestling oh, and actually showing up. 
You need to be thanking her and making sure you put quality out there and not selling us trash. And that's where I'm going to leave it. All right. Shade, what do you think? Uh, uh, I want to be the antagonist so bad, but no. (laughs) (laughs) Do it, man. At least one of us has a heel turn every episode. (laughs) No, I I get the whole aspect of, you know, creating storylines and creating memorable moments. Um, I totally get it. And I get the whole LGBT movement uh, and trans women movement within wrestling and within the whole world, within social media, period. Um, I think that it is kind of fucked up that AEW did not speak in her defense um, and just have her back like more than than what they showcased. Uh, And like Tiffany said, like you all have said tonight, it speaks to what AEW's fans want to see. And it speaks to you know, the type of company that AEW is when it comes to, you know, you're letting one of your new women's champions get dragged all over all over social media and nobody has come out to really speak in her defense. So I do think that's fucked up. But I will say in the future, moving forward with the trans woman um, movement and the LGBT movement being progressive i would like to see more transgender women face transgender women and not necessarily uh, not necessarily step on the toes of real women Uh, i do think that real women deserve a spotlight and a stage of their own and i do think transgender women deserve deserve a stage of their own because we are talking about two two separate things here and that's no shade I'm all right with it. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm cool with it. I just, I just really wish that AEW should have said something. Yeah, that's my. Yeah, they really should have. (laughs) Because it's nasty. It's not just we don't like like it's not normal fanfare. You know what I'm saying? Like with WWE, you get the Sasha doesn't deserve it or Bailey doesn't deserve it or she's boring or whatever. That's normal fanfare. But they're not talking about that. They're attacking this woman personally. Yeah. No shame. So for you sit there and not say nothing, uh-uh. I'll be at your door. Y'all going to say something about these motherfuckers talking about me? Okay. I'll go out there and say something. <laughs> Well, they even, they even made it into the storyline because, like, on AEW Dynamite after she won, she went backstage, and that one Tony Khan was actually on TV, like, going to celebrate with her, and he gave her like this half-ass hug, and then there's Kitty Omega standing in the back giving her like this really mean look because he beat she beat his little friend, and I'm like, are they <laughs> really fucking doing this right now? Like, Nyla, take that toy and beat the shit out of Kenny Omega for me, and I will love you for the rest of my life. Like, what? just... And that's the, and you need to be mad at that little tiny-ass belt y'all got. came out of a gumball machine. You should feel disrespected by the belt alone. Now, I understand it's a throwback to, like, the older women's belts because NWA's women's title is not ridiculously huge, but it's not tiny as that. I oh, found yeah, and a hat. No, that's literally the same exact belt. All of NWA's belts are literally the same exact belts. They probably, I think they've been um, 
I think the champion, I think the television champion has been put on a new belt strap. And so has the, I, and so has the women's, but the hardware is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Exactly uh, the same. It has that oops. ugly picture. That's, I think that's so creepy. I hate that little picture thing. It creeps me out. It reminds me of like, I don't know, like that weird, like weird shit you find in like haunted houses that like <laughs> all the, all the children look all emaciated and like have like gas masks and it's creepy. Like, I don't like that. Um, so let me, let me ask you guys this, cause I heard this rumor and then we can move on to the next topic. I found this rumor because again, conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy theory <laughs> side Twitter is the funnest part of Twitter that I love going to because some of you motherfuckers are just crazy. They are. The rumor I saw was the reason that belt is, I mean, I, I get it. Like old women's titles were small. Like even the FCW women's <laughs> title that Naomi had was small. I get it. The rumor going around is they had that, that belt specifically made for Rio. It was that, small for her. She little as hell. It was. It was like the Polly Pocket edition. Thank you. Really that, that is exactly it. Did you just call it a Polly Pocket accessory? <laughs> yes, it was Polly Pocket. That, oh is, that is highly accurate. Yes. It looked like all she needed is one of them little Polly Pocket snaps and just put that bitch in there and just snap it up and take it on to the next show. That's what she do. But yeah. seriously, when the, when we first saw the belt, there was this meme going around of, uh, I think it was Riho holding the belt up, and she was, like, cupping the belt in between her palms, and it was the smallest <laughs> shit ever. It That's was crazy. It. Okay. Even when it comes to the designs of the belts, I don't like all of the title belts. I think in WWE, they make their belts comparable to the men's belt, even though the women's belt is slightly smaller than the men's belt. I still say that NXT UK's women's belt is the best. It's huge. And it's so, that shit is beautiful. I want that fucking belt. I want it so bad. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I told my husband today, I was like, if you get me any belt, I want the NXT UK women's belt. He was like, No, I want the want NXT that? tag belts. NXT tag belts are the best looking belts in the company. They are beautiful. I've always, I always, when I saw that tag belt, I said, There's no fucking way this is a WWE belt. And they always, and they really took the time to design those belts, though. They got beautiful crests on the belt. It just seemed like in the WWE, they just put a big-ass W in the middle of the women. Yeah, like, the fuck is that? The women's belt and the men's belt was like, fuck it. Just put the W in there, put a little CZs in there, and take it out. Let's go. And like, like I can hear vent. I can hear Vince. Oh, just hold, hold, the, hold, the, hold the W down. It's a for Oh, yeah, that's good shit. That's good shit. Good shit. Turn it around. Stands for men, too. Fuck them. <laughs> it's just not, it's not nice. It don't make, it don't, it's not distinctive. It's just very commercial looking. But that, at first, I thought the AW women's belt was really big. So I liked it because I felt like it was a big strap. And I'm like, okay, the women finally getting a big ass belt. 
when they put that to pull that bitch out the glass. <laughs> I think that was all our reactions. Like that thing just got like twenty size, like sizes smaller. I'm saying, like, what the fuck? Did you shrink it when you put it in there, bitch? What did you do? Frank left it in the dryer for too but long. Didn't they? <laughs> yes. Like, what did you do to this? I I was disgusted. I was like, uh-uh. I tried with y'all, and y'all just, every time I turn around, y'all find a way to disappoint me. But in regards to Nyla winning the championship, I'm happy for her. Because Nyla, Nyla done worked her whole life. And what really got me with her was they had they had some type of backstage thing where she had never seen herself on any of the trucks. Oh, and yeah. she walked around and she saw herself on that truck and she was breaking down. And I was like, oh, that, man. That, must, that means a lot to her. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, I'm and that's got to be a lot to any other trans um men and women that want to wrestle or just period. But you look at TV shows like Pose and you watching guys like Billy Porter and the whole LGBTQ community is being represented like that in mainstream. Not everybody is going to accept you. Let's just make that clear. Is everybody going to accept you? No. No, yeah. That is not, that's not logical. That's not smart. But you can at least be cordial. You don't have to accept me, but you can have some semblance of respect for me as a human being and not be disrespectful. Oh, excuse me. Oh, so that's fine. You don't have to because you don't have to live my life. I'm living my life. I don't judge you and what you do. You're going to have to answer to Jesus on your own. I'm not going to answer for you. So I'm not judging nobody. But what mm-hmm. y'all shouldn't be doing is out here disrespecting her for her making the decision for her body. I can understand that if she was telling little Joey he had to go be a little girl because that's what she wanted him to be. But that's her body. That's what she's living in. Who are you to tell her what she should and shouldn't be? I think anybody who gets, like, it's 2020. I think anybody who gets strung up on someone else's sexuality really has nothing else better, better going on in their lives. So they're just like, oh, you like girls and you're a girl that's wrong you're you were born a dude but your brain is out of a woman and you i mean like i don't care it's just like oh all right you're you speak a dude now you're a girl all right as long as you're decent nobody that's the thing they're not hurting nobody and in this case with nyla she's champion because the bitch y'all chose to be champion can't fulfill her obligations and I'm gonna be honest, I don't I don't wanna see Rio in the ring. I don't really care for Rio in the ring. It just seemed like there's a little child in the ring wrestling and I don't I don't know where her parents at. And that's just how I feel about it. I'm like, I don't I'm I'm uncomfortable watching her. It's not like with Sammy Guevara because he makes me uncomfortable for pedophile reasons. But handling <laughs> he just he he un, he's obscenely pale. He's extremely pale. And then he's out there gyrating in his, in his um, he got his nutsack about to fall out his trunks and shit. And I just like, I'm like, somebody come get y'all son. Come get him and, and go make him put some clothes on. Do something. 
week that he wore um, nude color jeans. Like his jeans matched his skin type. And I'm like, is he wearing pants? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Jimmy Guevara is built as a kin doll if that's the case. Wait, am I old? Is he old enough for me to be saying shit like that? Like, I feel like, like Chris Hansen's going to come knock on your door. Like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Pop through your computer. <laughs> You don't want to see my history, trust me. Mm-mm. Uh, so, to uh, follow up on a story we were talking about last week, um, Brett DiBiase, for y'all who did not listen to our last week's show, first off, how dare you? Second of all, look, I'm just feeling a very little extra today, so let me have this. Um, <laughs> so if you didn't if you didn't there's that and let's do a slight recap so brett didiasi one of the sons of the million dollar man ted didiasi um got caught up in a government fund embezzling case over four million the number that i have found are y'all ready for this 4.15 million dollars was embezzled from the mississippi department of human services um, from the uh, basically the funds to help needy families. So we're talking about food stamps, assistant living, everything like that. The money was taken from that. Oh um, my goodness! Yeah, it was. It's really bad. So um, this this is Ted DiBiase Jr. No, 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 no. This is no. what everyone. This is Brett DiBiase. This is Ted Jr.'s brother. Ah, okay. So. Um, more of this story. Still scamming. Yeah. <laughs> well, everyone was laughing about it till last week when I told y'all it was like temporary funds for homeless for, for needy families, and you're like, it's oh, still, like honestly, this is real really- fucked up. It's still low key funny to me. I don't know when people when stuff when stuff like this happens. This is really fucked up of me. I just think it's so funny. I just think it's funny when people embezzle money. I think it's people when the scam it's fucked up and it's like obviously they'll answer for doing picking the organization to embezzle from. They could have taken it from anybody. They could have take they could embezzle money from Trump's campaign, mm-hmm. from his children fund, anywhere. Well, like the I'm gonna hide all the women I raped fund that the government has. Jesus, well. Get ready, because it's not funny, because more shit has came out. So Sunday night, either before or after we were recording, Ted DiBiase, or Ted DiBiase, Brett DiBiase was found, because he went on the lam, no one could find him, and on he was, lamb. yeah, <laughs> he, he, uh, he went on the run, and uh, he was found and arrested. Up to six people have been arrested so far, including the former head of the human uh, human services department. Um, real quick recap here of what happened. So uh, back in 2017, it, it was actually this time back in 2017, uh, February 16th, Ted DiBiase was hired by then head of the department, uh, Mr. John Davis, he was hired as a deputy administrator, and his salary is going to make you sick, 95 k a year. Mm. Hmm? 
yeah. So I was already mad at that. Um, a lot of people were wondering why this guy hired DDRC. He had not, he didn't have the qualifications for the job that he applied for. So a lot of people were already raising eyebrows. So after the, after about he, DDRC doesn't stay long. He leaves in November. He leaves his position in November. Before he leaves, they start a partnering fund with his, uh, with, Ted Didiasi Sr.'s nonprofit organization because he does have one. Um, it's called Heart of David Ministry. Um, he runs it, nonprofit organization, because we all know once Ted left wrestling, he had hardships, found Jesus, and now he's a preacher. So. Amen. <laughs> I just think that's like the ultimate face turn at that point. Um, so. So it gets kind of tricky here. So on December 12, 2018, Ted gets, or sorry, Brett DiBiase gets hired, signs a $48,000 contract to teach classes about opioid addiction, how to spot it, all that kind of shit. Classes never happen. Everyone's going to like, where is this money being funneled to? So on June 2019, so last year is when they did the internal audit, and they noticed over $4.15 million were missing from the, the, um, from, the family, from the family fund. A month, not even a month later, July 8, 2019, John Davis leaves. He says he's retired, blah, blah, blah. He gives his whole spiel, whatever. Come to find out, Davis was writing fake invoices for GD, for Brett Didiasi, who was taking the money about nine like like about seventy five thousand of it from what I saw, and was going to a luxury drug rehab facility over in Malibu, California. <clears throat> they better get it. Hell <laughs> <laughs> no. So, uh, Didiasi was found. Now, as for, unfortunately, Didiasi Jr. or Didiasi Sr., he got wrapped up in here because from the embezzled funds, $271,000 was donated to the Heart of David Ministries, which Didiasi says he will give back to the people of Mississippi. Here's the thing that pisses me off. This shit has been going on for years, um, apparently, and before Didiasi got involved, because while this Davis guy was in charge, people who were filing for assistance, that was the highest number in years that Mississippi had denied so many people. It was a record-setting, like, they said over 3,000 people, well, not 3,000, but, like, over 1,000 people would apply for like food stamps, you know, all that jazz, and only about 200 would receive it. Now that's a pretty low fucking number. I know everyone who, who tries to get assistance, you don't always get it. Been there, that's happened to us. But out of a thousand people, only 200 get approved. So now, unfortunately, while this investigation is going on, everything from that department has been frozen. 
So nobody's getting their benefits. No one's getting money. No one's getting food stamps. They're not getting anything to be helped. All because these fucking people got greedy. So this they, just isn't this just isn't a money thing. This is this is affecting everybody. It's the, even, uh, it's like trickling down to people who need help. Yes, that's and that's why they took the money from because uh, it, it's amazing like all the stuff that's coming out. I'm, I feel like I'm missing more information, but um, people people's claims are being denied. People were going without food, and now it's just they. Even one person said it. You know what makes this crime so vile is not only did they steal from the state of Mississippi. But they've stolen from people who need the most help, and they didn't mm. seem to care. That they were screwing with families who need to know where their next meal is coming from. Because I've been there, I've done that. It's not fun, and it just pisses me off. And everyone who's been involved with it has been arrested. But the sad thing is, the only reason. They got caught because they think this shit has been going on since 1992. Like, this is how, like, because think about it. When you're muzzling, you don't start by taking out huge things. Like, you're going to start taking, like, oh, you know, like 20 bucks here, 100 bucks the next time, 1,000. Because no one's going to notice, especially if you put the money back. True. No one's going to notice it. But then when you start getting greedy and you're taking out, taking out, you're not putting in. Someone's gonna catch your ass eventually. Like, let's not lie. So it's a uh, it's very sad. They have uh, they've all been arrested, and um, my heart just my heart goes out to the families of Mississippi who got screwed over because a bunch <clears throat> of people got fucking greedy. It just it pisses me off. So what we asked this question last week. But Shade, I want to know, do you think Brett DiBiase knew what he was doing or do you think he was just in it by proxy? Because the job he got hired for, he had no qualifications for. This is juicy. (laughs) He is a whole mess. (laughs) Like, I jumped on it. I'm like, I need to know what is going on. And you know, of course, they're not going to tell the press everything because people no. are going to people are well, going to run. I, can I interject really quick here? Sure. I, I just think that this has been going on for for a very long time, like you said, since 1992. Um, and I think something this big, I'm just going to be blunt. I think the whole DiBiase family was kind of involved, um, especially when it dating back with it dating back that far, all the way to Ted DiBiase. Um, when no, you go and look. No, no. Ted DiBiase didn't get involved till 2017. But see, the brother, the uh, when you go look, when you go look on um, Ted DiBiase Jr.'s Wikipedia, they have him as like a predominant businessman. So I was thinking that the brother was getting coachings from him. Oh. (laughs) So that, but if you're going by what the way Repsol Shade is putting it, that would make sense as to why. They would hire him in the first place. And he not have no experience. He he got it. That's a conspiracy theory, but it, it makes sense. Well, that's what people want to know, because even at the office, they're like, well, how come 
you hire this guy who has no qualifications to do the job you ask for. Yeah, like, and all of them have charities and nonprofits. Every single last one of them, the daddy, the two sons, all of them. <laughs> well, I think Diviasi Sr., I think that's just so fucking weird. Like, this whole time, like, when he is, like, when his wrestler was a character, like, WWE, like, all the limos and shit that you saw mm-hmm. him in. Yep, yep, that's crazy. I paid for that. Like, they had to pay out of pocket because kayfabe wasn't broken yet. So they're like, shit, we gotta make sure this guy has a good suit, the good shoes, the limos, the most expensive shit. But, um, I actually went to school with one of his nieces. That was kind of fun. Um, or his someone who's related to him but uh I, I, you know he he found god became a minister did a non-profit organization and i think it's so wild because when you think of the, the million dollar man he's giving money back <laughs> i'm like this is not the ted idiocy i grew up watching <laughs> <laughs> so um well, what do you think? Do you think that he knew what he was doing? Do you think that, like, they're trying to use him as a scapegoat? Like, if we're going down, we're bringing you with me? Like, that kind of thing? It could be one of those things, yeah. Everything was going smooth until there was some type of bump in the road, and now that there's this bump in the road, everybody's got to go down with the ship. I think this Davis guy was a wrestling fan. Like, I know this is going to paint us in really bad life, but if we're going with conspiracy, <laughs> I think this Davis guy was a wrestling fan. And when he saw Bibiasi, because that's not a very common last name, let's, let's be really here. Um, I think he saw that and he just got excited because he grew up watching wrestling. Maybe he liked the Million Dollar Man. Maybe he thought, oh, I can meet Ted Bibiasi. I don't fucking know. He's a, he's a mark. So maybe that's why. <coughs> I mean, he liked him to the point where he's giving him money to go to a fucking luxury rehab clinic. <laughs> like, damn. And I, I don't remember the name of the place. I didn't write it down. But the one they are saying he allegedly went to, $25,000 a night. I'm like, God damn. Like, half of that you could go live in Bora Bora for like a month because it's like only $2,000 a night there. Shit. <laughs> so, it's just a sad situation. Um, I'm glad they arrested him. Unfortunately, the money's gone and there's no Wow. I know he ain't spent all that money. Hey, look. Hidden somewhere. <laughs> he got that money hidden somewhere. Switzerland. Yes. I'm telling y'all. That money is hidden in another nonprofit or another organization. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how rich people like that do shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> that's why I don't offshore that. bank accounts. That money is hidden. Thanks. Well, two of the people involved were a mother son team, and. uh their little community center, it was like a community education center. Dude, this is like something out of a heist movie. Like their community education center was like the the place where they were doing the money at. Like they were the ones like fucking hiding it and writing fake invoices and shit. I'm like, God damn, this is like a movie. Like, yeah. 
Everybody was in on that. I'm really not, I'm not surprised by that at all. Most scammers roll together. They got a whole damn crew. You see how you do Fast and Furious? They got somebody for everything. <laughs> I hate it. You got an explosives expert. You got somebody who do the con man. They got to have to get the gas, you know. And they always have one little patsy. Take so, a gander at who Brett DBS was. So do you guys think Brett was just here for the ride because he saw a quick way to pay for his rehab? Or do you think that he was like, like his dad and did the laugh and showed up with like the dollar bills of work? No, I think he was. I think he found a way to get what he needed, so he did it. I don't know. It just seemed like he wasn't smart enough to to be that involved in it. But if you're looking at it from WrestleShade's perspective, using Ted DiBiase or Ted DiBiase Jr., maybe they put him up to it. It was like, hey, we know this guy. They got this little racket going. You can go in there and we can help you. You know, we're not going to send you to rehab. We ain't going to use our money. <laughs> you can use this money and go to rehab. You know, that's probably what the way it went down. It, that, it makes sense. Like, Ted kind of coached him on what to say, how to speak. Maybe he kind of beefed up his resume a little bit to make it look like he had the credentials. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. It's all kind of ways to kind of person. That's um, true. I just wish, I'm like Nicole, I just wish they did it from, like, rich people, emergency fund, or something like that. Don't take it from needy families, because there's a... Yeah. Um, the all scammers are Robin Hood. Some of them are just that. No, I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not saying they had to give it to poor people. Obviously, they could have kept the money for themselves. Obviously, they're going <laughs> to get it from somewhere. Like I said, they could have got it from FEMA, from Red Cross, those type of people. Because those funds don't ever go to people that need them. Might as well take it yourself. Fuck them. <laughs> take it from different no, I'm parts. dead. I'm dead serious. That's why it's funny. G. Coleman. Susan, I hate Susan G. Coleman so much, and this is like on a personal level what? because of like. Well, so I don't like, so my, my oldest sister had breast cancer. She had breast cancer twice. She beat it twice. The first time she got, um, cancer, um, we obviously, I was young. So like they, her husband, not like they reached out to Susan G. Coleman because that's what they're supposed to be doing. So especially at that time, because this is when. My this is when her husband was still active in the military, so mm-hmm. he was away on mil- he was o- he was overseas, and then my sister had two young kids, and oh. she was and they were living in California at the time. They weren't nowhere near any of us. Oh shit! So they like they helped out. They did a providing like helped out with like quite a bit of like her medical stuff and helping like find um care like help with like babysitters daycare for the girls and shit so they did that and a couple couple years later they got a bill what for yes 
wait a minute. They sent you. A, they sent her a bill for helping yeah. her. If she had cancer. Ain't they? Isn't that what they're yeah. supposed to do? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh no, ma'am. But the, so ever since then. And um, I won't say where I work at, but my job does a lot of stuff for Susan G. Coleman. And, like, we were, like, had, like, breast cancer stuff and they were buying stuff. And I'm, like, I'm literally not wearing that. And, like, I like I literally, I got into it with my, um, with one of, with my um, upper manager at the time. Because I was, like, no, I'm, just, like, no, I'm dead serious. I'm not fucking wearing anything from that company, from that organization. I don't blame you. I cannot believe they did that. Yeah, they finally like my my sister. Long story short, like they got like they got a lawyer and stuff, and they were like, obviously, like you can't try to fucking charge for someone when this is technically supposed to be a nonprofit. But Susan G. Coleman is shitty. All of the money that is raised, I I forgot the exact percentage, but it's a very 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 low percentage of that actually technically gets distributed but when you look at the people who are higher up on their board members they're making almost 100k a fucking year yeah at yep. least that's some bull shit yep i do um i do non-emergency medical transport and not to say that i'm always inside the hospitals but i do come in contact with a lot of people who have amazing stories from all walks of life and I get to connect with people from all over and I've heard stories about smaller like nonprofits and organizations doing stuff just like this you know but on a smaller scale it's not as big as a Susan G. Coleman but I've, I've heard stories like this done on a smaller scale and it's crazy it's, it's really really messed up mm-hmm. how do you think you're going to get help from an organization and they turn around and bill you <laughs> That is absolutely ridiculous. That pissed me off. That's why it's very important when you're donating, because breast cancer is a big thing that I love supporting. Fuck Susan Jean Coleman, because the amount of money that woman makes, she could donate at least half of it, and she would still be okay. But like, I, 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 I don't mean to cut you off. I could understand if they said, if you could send us a donation, that would help other families, Right. But Nicole said they sent her a bill. This lady's husband was overseas fighting for all of us. And she's in California. She has no help. And they telling her she has a terminal illness. And then you wait till she beats it. And you send that woman a bill? Where, where is the compassion? Well, what's the that is absolutely unacceptable. That is unacceptable. And WWE be advertising for Susan G. Coleman all, all the, the time. time. All the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. That is absolutely ridiculous. I don't. I, that upset me. That's and why that's I crave Oh, no, I was just thinking, like, it, it puts it in a lot more perspective for me with this whole, like, DiBiase scandal with the whole Susan G. Coleman thing, because uh, if you get into Connor's Cure, it's like when you have certain entities that can create these nonprofits and these organizations, once they get that money rolling and once they get the people to, you know, do, like, the proper paperwork, 
they can fundle the money and do whatever they want to with the money. We really never heard anything coming from Connor's Cure other than the handful of, you know, survivors um, that they bring in onto WWE. But there was a show a while back where Stephanie McMahon came out and she was like, thank everybody for your donations. We raised such and such and such. It was a lot of money that they raised. And she was like, the money that we raised got you all parking vouchers and lunch meals. And I'm like, these people is here like fighting cancer, like, you know, with their loved ones, with their children. And you give, y'all gave them parking vouchers with all that money? Right. What did y'all really do with the money? What? Did it go towards buying better hospital beds, better hospital equipment, um, better medication? We don't want we don't want no parking voucher. What y'all do with the money? I'll tell y'all this. When you get ready, when you get ready to do a nonprofit organization, you have to file for a 501c. That is so one, the government cannot force you to pay taxes. Okay. And number two, when you file, you have to account for all of the money that you've received, and, and it has to go somewhere legitimate. So if you have employees, you pay your employees. If you have money that is sitting around, they're going to try to figure out why you aren't using it to help people, why are bills being paid. So they can make it look like they're funneling it out to where it needs to go. Like, I'll, I'll explain it better. When you look at the, the I don't mean to offend nobody, but if you're a Scientologist, you're crazy, okay? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, you're crazy. Scientologists have, they fought real hard to get that, um, that non-tax, that tax-exempt status. Yes. Not from the damn fucking rich people that goes to them church that and I use the word church very loosely. All okay. them rich folks that go to that church, you got Will Smith, Tom Cruise. No matter what he says, Will Smith is a fucking Scientologist. I don't give a fuck what he says. Um, I love Will Smith though. He is a Scientologist. Don't get me started. Um, <laughs> Tom Cruise. Mm. Um, who else is Shalana Baby? Who? Um, the, the dude from um that '70s show, Kirstie Which Allen. One? The dude with the curly hair. Really? He's a Scientologist. Yep. Yes, and he just got popped for sexual assault. That's why their TV show The Ranch went off on Netflix because he wasn't there for the last two seasons. Cause this I lady never watched that show because it didn't look funny to me. That yes. was real popular on Netflix. People loved it. But he got accused of sexual assault. So they removed him from the show. And then like four other women came out and said that one of them said she ra- he raped her. Another mm-hmm. one said he sexually assaulted her. They said he was physically and verbal abusive. And they removed him from the show completely. And he he's been out of TV for a while, but he is a Scientologist. So is the girl that played Donna on that 70s show. She's a Scientologist. Mm-hmm. Kirstie Allen is one. Yep, uh, Kirstie Alley, yep. <laughs> she used to I forget Kirstie Alley's a, a Scientologist. I knew that yep. girl from, the other girl from that 70s show was a Scientologist because mm-hmm. she's also on Orange is New Black and she got real mad because someone tried to ask her about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're they're Scientologists, and and they you can't they don't want you. Um, what I find to be strange is how in their religion they don't want you watching TV or stuff because it influence you. But you gotta, um, but actors and and big ass lawyers and all these all these people who are in the public eye, they want them to be Scientologists, and I'm like, but you can't watch TV and shit. So it's a cult. And exactly. Let me tell you. ladies and gents i hope you guys are enjoying the show so far now you can follow us on social media at down for the count 19 on twitter and of course at d4tc underscore podcast on instagram and of course you can follow our homie our friend our boy wrestle shay underscore tns on instagram and he also has a YouTube, which is really awesome because you can see the videos in their entirety on YouTube. And he also has some more videos that are more like hot topics or, you know, popular viral things that are being discussed. He does a lot. So you guys can watch some really cool content on his YouTube channel. Make sure you guys go and check that out. And if you have anything that you want us to discuss, make sure that you hit us up on our social media or here on Anchor through the voice messenger. Or if you just want to send us a message and give us your thoughts, your takes on wrestling this week, the topics we spoke about, or anything, just send us a voice message and we'll include you in our episode of Down for the Count. So now that I've done my little promo for our guests and for ourselves, you can get back to the show. I hope you guys enjoy. Back to my point. When they when they file taxes, they have to allot for all their money. Now, Scientology is a billion-dollar business because when you're in there, you have to pay for those books that that crazy-ass founder of theirs wrote. He crazy. Okay, <laughs> I know a motherfucking demon when I see one, and that man is a demon. L. Ron Hubbard, he was a fucking demon. Okay, I ain't no, never seen. Just, no, I think he. No, he's just mentally unstable. I ain't he never literally... seen that man with. I ain't never seen a man with that so much of a soulless eyes in my life. He has these eyes were very very lifeless. Mm. He's a demon. Period. Now, when they filed taxes. They have to allot for that money. So you know what they do? They buy up buildings. They got rental Mm -hmm. properties. So they got all these fucking compounds everywhere. Prime example, they got a damn building downtown in Los Angeles, but ain't nobody in the bitch. There's a a Scientology um, building in Columbus. Mm -hmm. Mm. Oh, they're in Clearwater. Because I I randomly found it because what was I doing? I think I just went to this new restaurant. It's like this new like health food restaurant, and I went there, and I was just like either I think I didn't have I didn't have anything to do that day, so I was like, oh, let me just walk around downtown because it was nice outside too, and yeah, I didn't have nothing else to do, so you know I was just like walking around town, and then I was like, is this a fucking Scientologist? building (laughs) and it sure fucking was and i wanted to go inside because i was like what the fuck and it was closed (laughs) but they had all these but it was it was like closed but it didn't have any hours or anything because i was like i want to go inside 
but they, but I thought it was weird. Like they had no, it was like, and then it didn't have any hours or anything, but I had like pamphlets and shit and I Snapchatted it. And like a bunch of my friends who live were like, oh, let's go. Like, I want to see what's in fucking side. And I was like, we should, I kind of, if I move, I want to go back to, um, when I go to Columbus for a day, I kind of want to go and see if that building's open. That's how they skate. That's how they they skate. That we not, you know, we're 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 sending people overseas, and they do. They send people overseas, but not to spread the word about Scientology. It's more so of a recruiting thing. <laughs> uh, down in Florida, Clearwater, Clearwater, Clearwater is like overran with fucking Scientologists, dude, and they fucking creep me out because. Mm. You you can sit like you can everything's private like the main building in Florida is down in Clearwater that place looks like a fucking prison they got like the high walls with fucking barbed wire wrapped around it they got a fucking you know guard station out there the guard is carrying a fucking loaded assault rifle and nobody goes in and nobody comes out they have their own little private airport that they like people like John Travolta can fly into and uh, they bought up all of clear water. I forgot so, John Travolta was a damn but he won too. Half of clear water is so cool. And it's like the rustic Florida, like they bought up a lot of downtown and they'll use bully tactics, dude. Like they will oh, yeah. they basically bullied every single like small business in downtown Clearwater out so they could buy that land seriously cheap and like the rumor is like all the homeless people who lived in Clearwater the Scientologists killed them I, it's, I, a, it's, it's a rumor similar to that for Atlanta as well mm-hmm. some other time I'm telling y'all but that's how they that's how they escape that's how they escape being audited because they can a lot for where that money's going that ranch that L. Ron Hubbard lived at I wish I could, if I find myself, I'll send it into the, the Down for the Count group chat, but I can show y'all. It's a massive compound. Mm. And he nope. dead. They think he coming back. He, de- he, he dead. I mean, he died from, from, like, from poor health. He didn't die because he was ascending, like they're trying to say. He died because he ate like a, like a damn king and lived like a king, and he died like one. Which most kings die because they're fat and overweight, and they they can they have absolute power, so they get everything they want. And that's exactly what he did. He died. He's dead. Thank God. So <laughs> he 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 lived, They think he's coming back, so that place gets cleaned regularly. There's a whole Scientology staff that goes in there and cleans that place, like he's still there. And they have these massive ass compounds with all these fucking buildings and these buildings are empty I have yet to understand how you can have an organization like that and nobody and then they say they audit it because it's a cult I'm like no way no way that shit checks out it don't check out like this is some bullshit I kid you not but that's how they're able to escape not getting audited because that money is allotted for they can prove we're building this building. That's where that money went. We're bi- we built this building. That's where that money went. That's why I keep buying up land and shit. Yeah. I'm telling y'all. 
That and he if or that organization if the people with that Brett DiBiase was with had been smart, they could have laundered that money the same way the fucking Scientologists is laundering it. Cause they ain't doing nothing but cleaning the money. All they had to do was just find some builders and builders and say they building these houses for these um families that need it. And they would have been none the wiser. They wouldn't have known shit. <laughs> they ain't smart. Down for the count podcast where you learn about wrestling and how to fuck with the man. (laughs) They amateurs, the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we don't got no more news. No, it's been pretty quiet in the wrestling world. Um, But if you guys do have a topic, please send us through our social media and I will do my best to look into it or leave us a voicemail on the Anchor app. Hey, see, I, I got that one down. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're going to move to WrestleShade. So for every guest that we have, we always let them have their time to talk about whatever they want. Whatever they want us to discuss, we will discuss it. So WrestleShade, what you want to talk about? Okay, so... I was in a small debate earlier um, with one of my boys and a few people online about wrestlers and wrestling moves. So I know this might seem kind of, I don't know, kitty or kind of cliche, but uh, I have a myriad of questions here. So I'm going to just conjumble everything together. <laughs> um, <laughs> should wrestlers have a huge move arsenal? I know that we pick on Cena a lot for having like five moves. We call him five moves Cena. But is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? (laughs) Is it a bad thing for us to have like a huge move off? Thank you. Um me personally, I I I can say I'm kinda on both sides of that argument. Because on one hand, you you don't want a repetitive, boring match. But on the other hand, sometimes move sets are unique to the wrestler. Yes. So I'm fine when it comes to like certain wrestlers. And you're like, okay, I'm okay with that. Because they're playing off of different people, so their move set is different. So the move set might be the same, but it might play out differently in that match. Correct. I'm kind of, I'm kind of yes and no on that. I'm kind of like, yeah, I, I do want. Like, I don't, I never noticed that because I'm very biased when it comes to John Cena because I used to be in love with him. <laughs> he used to be. But I was very biased to him, so I would not, I ain't noticed nothing. I was just glad to see him. So I didn't care. Right. I didn't care. So I didn't realize that until I think, I think somebody in my group chat pointed it out, and I was like, well, damn. He do only got a couple moves. Shit. <laughs> I was kind of like, oh my god. Like, but I, I, mean, I don't mind it. I just, some, I guess some people crave variety, but it really depends on who they're going up against and how the match plays out for me. So I would, I think I would say, I think it depends on the match and who the wrestlers are going up against. But I don't mind them being limited to one set of moves. I don't mind that at all. Yeah. 
Okay. Alexis, Nicole? I think wrestlers... This is this kind of goes with my problem that I think with wrestlers sometimes like Charlotte with their moveset it's very boring. Um, like we talked about this earlier um, when Charlotte we like Nicole said it Charlotte hardly uses the natural selection anymore, and when she uses she uses it. Well, go crazy. She knew I was talking shit. Charlotte be knowing when I'm talking shit about her. <laughs> yeah, because she used that natural selection tonight. Well, last yes, night. And so, she dressed good. <laughs> I think wrestlers, because wrestling's always changing, because they're like, it, it just like, when I saw Petey Williams do the Canadian Destroyer for the first time, I was like, holy shit, what the fuck did he just do? Like, it was it was crazy. But now everybody does a Canadian Destroyer. I mean, hell, even Ricky Morton from fucking it does Canadian Destroyers. I right. think I think wrestlers need to change up every once in a while because, yes, they have their signatures and they have their finisher. But if you're in the business for a really long time, you need to stay fresh. You need to yeah. try to change up your game point because, like, no offense to John Cena, the five moves of doom. You put him up a guy against Ricochet, Ricochet can automatically show that like the five moves of doom thing's not a joke. Like that's that, and it's no shade to Cena because she, she, Cena was always the like Cena was the star. His character wise, he was great. He wasn't the best technical wrestler, but you do need to change your change up like. You even see that, like, Samoa Joe, he used to be, like, this really, like, I'm going to kill you, like, rough, like, very strong style-inspired guy. But as he's gotten older and the injuries have been racking up, if you watch his old stuff compared to his new stuff that he's doing in WWE, it's completely different. Like, I think this is the first time in, like, a year I've seen Samoa Joe do like a suicide dive last last on on Raw. I cannot tell you the last time that he did that. And the whole time I'm like, please, for the love of God, don't get injured again. Like, God, <laughs> it's only February, dude. And uh, I think they need to change because that way, if you change, you can that shows the fans that you care, that you're paying attention. And that way, I think your career could last a little bit longer too. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, um, sorry, Nicole, I just got some breaking news from Lords of Pain. Dust, Dustin Rhodes has made a statement to, about Nyla Rose's treatment, since we were uh-oh. talking about statement being made. Well, look at go. So at least Goldust has integrity. AEW he ain't a VP, up. though. Um, is he VP? Nope. No, he's not, so that's why I kind of don't matter, but good for him, though. <laughs> I might start like a avalanche of like at least the wrestlers coming out the supporter. AEW star Dustin Rhodes issued a short statement on Twitter in a response to the transphobic remarks addressed at new AEW champion women's champion Nyla Rose by a pro wrestling fan base. The natural right, sick of this transphobia crap, my son is trans and it's saddening to see so many hateful people on the attack. Get for yourselves and shut the fuck up. Ooh. 
go back to the moveset um I'm very like 50-50 um when they are able to they should add to their moveset so let's use Alexa Bliss for example Alexa Bliss prior before probably had a lot of movesets that she wanted to do but they weren't probably safe for her or they weren't, but they didn't, or they couldn't figure out a way at that time to make them safe for her. So that made her very limited. But since she was able to have like this kind of like breather throughout 2019, and most of 2019 also due to her being coming off a major injury and um, being able to like work and figure out safe ways, she's added onto her move set. But also, my thing is about move sets. I think they should differentiate, however that word is. I can't say it right now because I'm exhausted. <laughs> between when that person's a heel and a face, oh, so yes. you can tell the yes. difference yes. between them. Yes. So I'm going to. This is the freshest person I could think of is Finn Balor. True. How Finn Balor moves now is not how Finn Balor moves when he's a face. That is true. Yeah. You look at a Finn Balor match on the main roster because he's been, he was a face the entire time he was on the, face, on the main roster or even his old NXT um, matches. And then look at his matches and look at his moveset now. Mm-hmm. Yes, he still does the coup de grace. He doesn't do it often. He does a more of a he does more of like a jumping, a jumping double like double stomp. Right. He won't necessarily go off the top rope, but he's adding a lot more grappling. Um, he's doing the bloody Sunday a lot more, which he barely did at all he didn't do it at all on the main roster but he was sell i think he did it once or twice in nxt but barely not he was mostly coup de gras then obviously sling blade more agile sling blade agile stuff which he does every once in a while he'll do he'll throw at least like one and that's pretty much it but he swished up the style so you could tell it's a lot more brutal it's a lot more gritty and another person, I mean, Bailey is another one you can use as an example for that. As their her moveset has changed because depending on her character. So my argument with John Cena, yes, he has the five steps of five moves of doom, but that worked with him. But he was still able to have good matches with people, so that doesn't really matter. Right. And also, he was a face the entire time. But my thing is, if you're transitioning to, if you're turning, you should change up your moveset. Because 
you can't move because it's there. That's where it creates a disconnect in the ring and with your character, with your quote unquote new character, because all people are seeing visually is you still doing the same thing, but yet you're supposed to be a heel or yet you're supposed to be a, a vice versa. Okay. I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, well, with speaking of like moves and like arsenals and finishers and signature moves, do you guys think we're in like an era where um, our legends and our icons are passing down their moves to other wrestlers? Like, for instance, um, Kevin Owens doing the stunner and then Becky Lynch hitting us with the rock bottom. Um, and also, too, do you think like wrestlers should take other wrestlers? you know, like, moves and have them be their own? I think if they are not, like, <clears throat> I put, I, um, I feel like if they are not capable of coming up with their own moveset, like, I remember back in the day, like, when my dad was watching wrestling, the DDT was a very aggressive move back then, right? Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's a very common move. Most people use the DDT, right? But it's a finisher for Alexa Bliss and several other wrestlers, including Johnny Gargano. And you got the glorious DDT with Bobby Roode. Oh, yeah. It's a finisher for a lot of people, but it was a Um, Dean Ambrose's, what was that called? Oh, God. Uh, Dirty Deeds. That's what it was. That's the variation of the DDT. Right. So it's like, it's at the time and back in the day, it was a very aggressive, devastating move. But now, moving into our era, it's used so much and it's so common. <clears throat> Oftentimes, when it is used as like a finishing move, we like, okay, you know, we got a DDT, cool. And then they have to try to switch it up to make it their own so that it looks or feels different like like Alex, like Nicole just said with Dean Ambrose and um and his version of the DDT you it doesn't necessarily feel like a DDT when he does it yeah. and you got you got Randy he uses the scoop slam and he DDTs you off the second rope I think if you're going to utilize finishers or signature moves from other wrestlers especially those of them who are gone or who have retired that you have to make it your own. You have to find a way to make it something that only you use. Like Bianca uses Beth Venus's finisher because that's hers. But when Bianca does it, it doesn't feel like Beth Phoenix's finisher. When you watch Kevin do the stunner, you know that that's a stunner. Okay. (laughs) We're aware. There's no, I don't know no other creative way to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, Randy Orton's RKO to me is a slight variation on the diamond cutter, and, and all of those moves... It is, get, a dime, it is a diamond cutter. You yeah. see what I'm saying? But it's Randy... Randy made it his own, though. He found a way so that that move doesn't look like the diamond cutter. It looks like an RKO. So, if you're gonna take a move, either figure out a way to make it yours... Or get with somebody so that you can come up with your own. Because Alexa Bliss is is a gymnast and a cheerleader and all mm-hmm. of those things. Yep. She got Twisted Bliss, which is fine. 
I don't have a problem with that. But because WWE kind of holds her back a little bit, they don't allow her to put her own spin on a lot of things. I think if they turn Alexa Bliss a little bit loose, just give her a little bit of wiggle room, she could come up with something great. Yeah. And, and I really think if most wrestlers, if you're going into wrestling and you want to be a wrestler, my biggest thing with moves and signature moves is I don't want your move to be patterned after somebody else's. I really like when there's a wrestler who has a unique concept to themselves and they are coming up and they have their own finishers. They were able to at least have a move sequence. That looks like it's theirs, even though it's a compilation of moves. Yep. Or if it's like, and also there could be, so if we want to get technical, like the Eclipse, Eclipse yeah. is a stunner, is a variation of a stunner. Exactly. But also when you think about, there's also been certain move sets that are regional. I think of the Lariat. That's a very Texas wrestler move. Yeah. But more and more people are starting to do it. Or you think about the claw, strictly Von Eric. Yeah. But mm-hmm. wrestlers who are. Texas wrestlers that are from that area do that in honor. I'm not saying so. I'm very honestly, like, I really don't give a shit about people be like, oh, that's mine. That's my move. (laughs) Like, like, nigga, unless you copyright it, I don't, it's not. It's wrestling. Everything gets recycled. That's why um, that's like when Ric Flair was trying to talk shit about the man. I was like, man, you ain't even the first nature boy. Shut your mouth. Yes. So it's like, right. like it's wrestling. Everything's recycled. Just, but my thing is, if you're going to, and also, and there's a certain, there's an etiquette. So I don't know who, I forgot what it was. One of Taz, somebody used one of Taz's moves. I forgot who it was. And Taz was, like, acting like, he was, like, acting kind of a little weird about it. And he was like, well, they never asked me about it and blah, 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 and so on. Which I didn't get because it wasn't anything that was very, like, unique. It'd be different. So there are very, like, that's what I say to Stunner. Stunner is always going to be Stone Cold and don't matter. Um, yeah. Rock Bottom, you can kind of change it up a little bit. Um there's um also a twist of fate. Yeah. Or a hurricanrana. Hurricanras are technically hurricanras, but who's the first person you think when you see a hurricanra? Is Lita. Those are very like that. Technically, it's not. I don't. Technically, I might not believe in like wrestlers owning a particular move unless you legitimately mm-hmm. fucking copyright it. But there are things that you have to realize, okay, if you want to take that move, you're not going to be the first person I think of doing it. You're just going to be like, oh, I remember that. That's like a, <laughs> um, that same thing. Io Shirai does 619. Yes, yep. But when you think, when you see that, you think of Rey Mysterio. Yeah. 
Yep. That's why she doesn't do it often. She does it every once in a while. Cesaro used to do the 619. Oh, man. It looked really bad when he did it, but... <laughs> yeah, he's too big for that. You two... If, honestly, if you're above... I'll say 5'9". You should not be doing a 619. <laughs> yes. And 5'9 is being very generous. Honestly, I'm going to say 5'8". You shouldn't be taller than 5'8 trying to do the 619. I'm don't. i 5'11", and I know if I try the 619, knowing my ass, I, like, slip out of the ropes. Like, just, yeah, you slip. It, does, it doesn't look right because the point of a 619 is for your momentum to swing and for your legs to literally kick the shit out of their face. Yeah. You can't do that if you're 6'6", six, six, Cesaro. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to get his thought. ass through those ropes. Why are you calling him out like that? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. well, my last little part to those questions, um, speaking of commonly used and commonly used moves, um, the spear who owns it? I, well, out of the wrestlers that are currently wrestling in the, I guess I'll say the WWE universe, and um, I personally think of Charlotte, I think mm-hmm. of Goldberg, I think mm-hmm. of Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. I think of Edge, now that he's, you know, back wrestling, and I think of Bobby Lashley, but are there any other wrestlers who use the spear as Bianca. if like they own it, as if it's like their move? Bianca uses it. Oh, Bianca, she does. She, okay. She yeah. does. Hers, I love Bianca. Hers to get, hers is a little wonky sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually Charlotte got part, the best, one of the best looking ones, though. She do. Uh, I, uh, I think Charlotte's horrible. What? I don't like the what? way Charlotte, I don't think Charlotte, I don't like the way Charlotte does it. I don't know. I just, something about it, like, when I see her hit it, I'm just like, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't know if it's just because, like, her, I don't know. It's just, like, her positioning and stuff is just weird to me. I don't, I can't, I just don't like it. Like, it looks messy when she does it. I love Charlotte Spears. Because every time I see her, well, every time I see her do a spear, it's always like she's doing it out of desperation. Bianca utilizes the spear. I I prefer if I'm gonna watch somebody who uses that in their arsenal. I want that to be an impact type of hit. It needs to be something that looks like that shit folded you. And that will all depend on the person who's taking the hit and the person who's delivering. When Bianca delivers it, it looks like she put all her power into that spear. I like Charlotte's because Charlotte's is a little bit girly, but it still got a little power behind it. So I like her spear. I don't have a problem with it. But I think that the spear specifically is a power style move. It's meant where you, you're in the midst of a move, where you're in the midst of a battle, and you swing the momentum in your favor, and you're able to hit that spear. It either changes the the, cha- the trajectory of the match, 
before it ends it. Right, right. I love spears. I know. Especially through tables. Yes! (laughs) My My favorite spear was Edge Edge and Mick Foley were having a match. It was a hardcore match, and there was a table on fire. And Edge speared Mick through the, the first and second row. And oh, yeah, and I thought he was going to fucking die. And then Lita yes! was just standing there. <laughs> oh, my God. She didn't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> no, literally, I will never forget that, because I don't know. I don't think she, I don't know if she, like, didn't really think they were going to do that spot or something. They but did. she didn't have, yeah, but she didn't have, like, a normal reaction. She was just, like, she just, like, stood there. And I think she realized that she had to react, <laughs> had to, like, overreact to it. But I think she was so shocked that they actually did it. That that spear, I will always, I'm obviously, this is a spear that probably everyone thinks about. It's from the first TLC match. When Edge spears Jeff Hardy off of yeah. oh, the ladder, it's so, oh. so tired. It just looked like he just got folded. It was everything. It's well, so- it's not only that; it's just everything that encompasses that spear and that because it just—it's a moment because that's legitimately a moment in wrestling history. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only move that I can say, like, like the you know the chop. They utilize the chop a lot. I think I've never seen the chop used so well in with Walter in NXT. I was about to say, if you see anybody Mm. with Walter, I will literally hang up this. Walter is (laughs) no, you no. I love Walter, and I don't. They know I don't. Everybody want to love Walter now. Fuck out of here. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> I don't have a problem with Walter. I like Walter. He's a simple dude, okay? And I can do simple, okay? I don't really do heel. That's not my thing. I like a good hero. That's just just what I like. But there are occasions where I can resonate with the heel and understand. Walter is a dominating champion, and the power he packs in those chops scares the shit out of me. Yeah. When he hit Cole, when they were having their battle for Worlds Collide, and he chopped Cole, I put that video on my my Instagram. I listened to that video five times in a row. That crack is like thunder cracking outside. It is... Mm is loud and I was like I would have fucking died <laughs> fuck the, like Cole sold it he backflipped and then fell I was like fuck that I would have collapsed and asked for oxygen dead ass <laughs> they, would, they be showing them after they matches and their chest be looking like mixed meat mm-hmm. I'm like what are you doing what is happening now I've seen other people do the chops and the slaps but Walter is the only one who can make you actually cry for some shit like that. And I'm not talking about getting hit, just watching it. Because I feel bad for Adam Cole. And y'all know I don't like Cole. He's a crier. So <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, oh my God. 
I'm like, that shit look like it was hurt. That is devastating. All your your win is out of you by then. I don't understand how they're able to do that. Yeah. So, and I think certain moves can be specific to certain wrestlers, like Walter with the chop. And then, like I said, the, the spear is, it's well, it's a, a move that's used a lot. But each person that uses it does make it their own in a way. Like Roman, Roman's moveset is fairly simple. Like he's got a punch and he's got that spear and he know he has a power bomb. That's a very simple moveset. You don't really have a lot going on. I mean, which is fine as long as the person he goes up against can either amp up the intensity or have a better moveset than he has. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, those are my uh, my questions for for this episode pertaining to moves. Because I'm trying to learn a lot of the moves as well. And I see a lot of wrestlers use some of the same moves sometimes, but I notice that they call them different things and I know they put a twist on them and they make them, you know, like their finishers or their signatures. So, you know, it's fun learning and differentiating between the moves and the the arsenal list. Also, yeah. I'll tell you this about learning because one thing you have to do is take down your blocks because, you know, we, I watched specifically WWE. I was adamant that I was not going to watch anything else because I felt like I would not be able to keep up with everything. But these two wounds make it really difficult for you not to watch anything with WWE. And, like, uh, Nicole just gives you total shit. If you don't watch NXT UK, oh, she's on your ass. She was on my ass for two months. Two months because I, was, I did not watch it. Occasionally I'll watch it and I, I actually like it, but it's very, very different from what I'm used to. Yeah. So only thing I would suggest is when you're learning new stuff about wrestling or you're trying to introduce yourself to new forms of it, new versions, new things, you have to kind of take away from your your mental bias that you have. Because I, I have a certain level that I expect when it comes to wrestling. I want I want high production. I want great storylines. I want just, you know, I want something that looks what to what I'm used to. And not all places can afford to do what WWE does. Give you that, yeah. I so totally. you have to, yeah, so you kind of have to accept what they're giving and then learn to like what they're giving. So, like, NWA Power is kind of, mm, I would say NWA Power is kind of like going to your high school prep rally and they put a a, um, a ring in there and you get to yes. sit in and watch it that way. It's like Which studio is wrestling, right? Like studio that? wrestling, like old, school, like old school studio wrestling. I've seen it a couple times, but I just haven't yeah. kept keeping up with the storylines. That is exactly what it's like. It's very, very old school. Which I don't have a problem with. I'm actually fine with that. I just... I, I was just like, what is this that got me watching? But then when I looked at it... <laughs> when I looked at it and I actually listened to the storylines and stuff, I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. They did that with MLW. 
and NWA Power, and I was like, okay, I have to have a bit more of an open mind. I am not going to do like you and try to learn movesets and shit. I'm not doing that because fuck all that. If I say he chopped the I don't try This is going to sound really, I kind of should. I do know general moves. I can spot something. But I want, I need to get better because I eventually want to do commentary. So it's like, I need to like, just more. Just don't make it so fucking obvious. Like, everyone knows Triple H's signature was the pedigree. Like, when Seth started using it, I'm like, dude. Oh, that's another one. Yes, that's another one. I was just like, you know this is Triple H, and then I understand the whole time it's like, oh, you're Triple H's lackey, but I'm like, you, you couldn't you couldn't give him another finishing move? Like, we all know who does the fucking pedigree. And, well, like, well, the thing of him using it at that time, it was war sort. It was like the storytelling behind it. And also because of and also, at that time, he could not. They Vince told him he couldn't do the curb stop anymore. Like straight up, told him like he did it one day, and it was like the next day he was like, "You're not doing it anymore." And then he was like, "Well, what the fuck?" And then they're like, "Okay, well, just do like have the pedigree for right now. Do your finishing booth." Which I mean, he wasn't like a huge fan of doing it, but with the story they were telling. It was just like, well, might as well. Yeah. I didn't like it. It was like a passing of a torch thing. You know, Triple H was like, you're the man now. So it was like, Daddy Daddy Triple H was giving his son his most precious stone. So <laughs> there you go. So I didn't have a problem with it. Tommaso used it tonight, that pedigree, didn't he? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, he did a pedigree. Yeah, so I mean, uh, I don't really have an issue with people using moves. I actually prefer that they they pass the moves down because you don't see it no more. You miss it. But I want them to go way back. Like, I don't know, do some shit junkyard dog did, or get you some snakes like Jake the Snake Robbers did, and bring some snakes and that shit. Yes, some fuck up some shit like shake the table. Yeah, some stuff that the newer generation of watchers would not really would not really see or know about because you're going so far back, you know, that they right. really know about those things. That would be dope. Yeah. Well, if you want to go there, that's like what Pete Dunne what does with like the finger breaking thing. That's something that Adrian Street did. Yeah, that wasn't like super far back. But at the same time, that's so, like, that's sort of, like, that's, like, a very deep-cut wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, because the way Pete Dunn does that and the way he executes it, excuse me, and the way he executes the moves, you would have thought that he came up with that style. I mean, I right. don't know about this other guy. Yeah. So if you don't know, you even think it's, it's that's why you got to, you got to study your craft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause you could be pulling stuff from other arsenals, but the only thing I would say is if you coming into the game and you like, okay, 
I want to have something unique to me, but I also want to pay homage. You might want to contact the family if that wrestler is gone or contact that wrestler and make sure that that's okay. So that way you don't feel like you're infringing. Although some of us are fine with it. Sometimes them wrestlers get a little touchy. You know, you see how Nicole just said Taz was all in his feelings and shit, but he always, he is always <laughs> Him and Jay are all in their feelings about a company that they don't work for. Yeah. Wait, and I bet you if they was offered a contract right now to go back, them bitches would. Wait, was it? Didn't did Taz try to come for Joe? Because someone said the Coquina Clutch looks a lot like the Taz Mission. (gasps) It wasn't him. It wasn't Samoa Joe. It was somebody else. And I couldn't remember who it was. Well, who else? It was, it was like it was like an and no, it wasn't even a. Ta- it wasn't a submission. It was like a move. Motherfucker, and, you five foot nothing. You only have like three moves to do. Oh Lord, Alexis finna go off. <laughs> Jesus, she finna go off. All right, let's move into these toxic fan bases for Alexis. Have a damn fit. No, I'm not having a fit. My thing is just like if we're talking about moves, if you're gonna come up with a creative move enough with the fucking super kicks and knee strikes everybody oh. does kick nowadays everybody does a running knee strike i thought we were going to get it before we brought up the super kicks and knee strikes like i'm you and i'm going to admit i kind of like spots i like it when i see you know like my favorite thing i think i see in a wrestling in a wrestling match when it's like a multi person tag match is like if it's like 8 on 8 you get those guys get like their finishing moves all on each other. I think that's, oh, yeah, and that's I, I think that's like one of my funnest things to do. But then it's like I watched one match. It was it had the Lucha Brothers. Y'all y'all know I love me some Pentagon and the Elite. And I swear to God, four guys in a row because it was like an eight man tag or something. And all the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks did was super kick each other. I'm like, <laughs> like, okay, so I'm like, oh, super kick, super kick, super. Are you for fucking real? Like that, <laughs> like that was it. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Because like then it's like the joke is now all Carmella does is super kicks, and I'm just well, like, that's true. Like, Dolph Ziggler does super kicks all the time, too. Like, I know Sweet Chin Music's considered a super kick, but when Shawn Michaels kicked you, it looked like he was kicking the damn teeth out of your mouth. Like, you're expected. Shawn Michaels kind of pushed that narrative forward, you know? Shawn Michaels used it to work for him, but he wasn't using it as a means of, like, his entire match. All he did was kick you in the throat every three seconds. Like, he didn't do that. I Uh I don't like, I hate that Carmella's reduced to just the super kick. She got a bomb-ass finisher. Dakota Silence is dope. Yeah. yeah. I love the name of it, too. That Dakota Silence is awesome. I love that move. I remember when she first got to SmackDown, and she did it. And I was like, what the fuck was that? I'm like, that was (laughs) fucking fire. And then all of a sudden, she stopped using it. And I was just like... What is going on here? And then she starts super kicking, and I'm like, oh. Hmm. 
we're we're training with Dolph Ziggler. Okay, cool. Um, and cool. then it got real bad to the point where that's all she did in the match was super kick. And I'm just like, okay. At least she ain't do what John Cena did and tell everybody she had a new move. And it was basically just a punch. <laughs> everybody was roasting the fuck out of John Cena. I was like, John, what are you doing? Also, like, it's just like super kicks and running knee strikes. Like, we dogged Mandy Rose for like the longest time because her running knee kick or her running knee strike was fucking horrible because then when you got a dude like daniel bryan doing like four or five matches later and you're like that's it and that's the impact and you see like the guy selling it but then when you go back and watch mandy's matches she is like five feet off and the other girl's like oh i have to sell this like it's just just enough with the knee strikes and the running knee strikes and the super kicks can y'all just like 2020, the year of those super kicks or yeah. running knees. <laughs> when Mandy Just first came Bryan out, she it. didn't do that. I don't understand what's, what's going on with Mandy. When Mandy first debuted with Absolution, she seemed like she was the brawn of the group. Like she was the strong, the strong one of their group. And she displayed great feats of power when they had matches. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> that totally changed. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on here? I don't, I don't like Mandy's moveset at all. I think it's very limited. And that bicycle knee, the running knee, it, <laughs> it's just not executed properly. It somehow always looks like a botch. Mm-hmm. And that shouldn't be. So... Unfortunately, once again, ladies and gents, we are out of time, so we're going to stop the podcast here, but don't fret, the bonus episode will be coming, which will also include a little black history fact that has to do with wrestling, and we're going to finish up with WrestleShade and do our top five, so it's going to be top five toxic fan bases, and I think you guys should give it a listen, because we get four different perspectives on fan bases, and I think you'd be very surprised at what you hear. So make sure you guys follow us on social media. Don't forget to follow Russell Shade. He is on Instagram and YouTube. He has great content on both platforms, and his information will be in the description box below. So I'll see you guys in our next one.